like half hour in, Howler comes in, he's the Howler's waving to everybody. He, Peter's like, hey, Howler, what's up? Howler smacks all his notes everywhere. Oh. And so, <laughs> I don't think Peter's since, <laughs> man. That was like eight years ago. See no Howler and Heater in the parking lot going toe-to-toe. <laughs> Welcome, Coyotes fans, to Off the Post with Donor and Biz. A look at everything from Coyotes hockey to current events. Here's your host, Luke Lipinski. All right, Coyotes fans, welcome into an episode of Off the Post. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski. we got Shane Doan and Paul Bissonnette. It is Off the Post with uh, with Biz and Doan, so it makes sense that they would be here. How are you guys doing, man? Starting off the new season. Uh, go ahead, Biz. No, I delegate the games played always. I think, you, I think you've lapped me five times, too. <laughs> I'm doing good. Can't wait for, you know, everything to kind of get going. I was excited for it to start. Not exactly the start we wanted, but uh, it's, it's okay. The Arizona possums. Let the whole league think you're bad, and then whammy, hit him right in the jaw. And we got, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but we got the Islanders at home, and we are going to make Lou Lamorello a very, very grumpy man for this yes. game road trip. Yes, 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 we are. He's yeah. calling out Lou 20 seconds into the first podcast of the season. That's going to be I'm my not... first game of the year, too, so I'm, I'm going to not... be up in the press box just trying to disrupt him. I'm not sure that's ever a good idea to call out Lou. No, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. I get fired from every from Coyotes, TNT, no more podcast. That, yeah. guy's, like, that guy's like the godfather. You don't want to have all the horse in my bed in no time. <laughs> the horse head. He He's... He's tight with everyone. Everyone, they respect him so much. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, he's earned cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you win everywhere you go. So that helps. That's that's why Biz has uh, 15 jobs, just in case Lou comes after one of his jobs. He'll be fine. <laughs> Let's start there, buddy. I mean, you're on TV. We all knew this was going to happen eventually. But with the new broadcast and everything for the NHL, you're everywhere this year. Just trying to stay moving, man. Especially after COVID, like you know, I'm. I mean, donors the same way. I'm sure you are too, Luke. Like, if I'm cooped up in my house, I start going a little cuckoo. So I had to, uh, I had to overcompensate and get 20 jobs just to stay busy on the back end of it. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been a good time, man. Obviously, nervous going in, but I love the game. I I, I like doing it, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm fortunate. This is where uh, all that tweeting led me. <laughs> Can you can you seriously Biz? Can you believe it? No, it's it's nuts. It's it absolutely make, crazy. Doesn't make any sense. I went from filling your water bottles to to centering Gretzky on TNT. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. No, I, they, big, moved, they moved me over to the wing deal. now. They they'd had yeah. enough of me next to Wayne in my bad breath. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Wayne said something. You went in and complained. Yeah. It's like, hey, move them over a little bit. Tic Tac, sir. Um, donor, how you been? I mean, have you been around the rink a lot watching watching the games, or they got you running around watching the AHL as well? Uh no, I haven't been down to the A. They played. I know that they've played two games. They they won one nothing, and the Russian kid was really good in that. They won in overtime, one nothing, and then they lost three one down there. So that's not exactly what, but it's okay. We'll get it going. Um, we got the next Brizgalov in the minors. Yeah, he's he played well. Both of them have played well. Like it was Brizzy. Did you play with him when he was in? Oh, did yeah. you ever play? Yeah. My first two years with the Coyotes were with Brizzy. That's, yeah. Those did Russian you play goalies. with him in the minors? Did you no, play with I him never, in the minors? No, I was never with him in the minors. There's a story about him being like unbeatable. And then he decided in game seven that he didn't want to win game seven in the minors because he's like, that's it. I want to go home. 
And they scored like seven on them in the first like 10 minutes. Oh, kind of like game seven against the Red Wings when we play with them. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to sign with Philly guys. You're on your own. See you later. <laughs> Luke, what have you been up to watching? You're going to be calling the, the Islanders game with Bob Heathouse because Lindsey Fry's out, uh, out of the building. She's got other duties. Are you pumped? Yeah, well, man. He's, he's so busy. Luke is like, I listen to him every day. Every day I went to him from 10 till 2. Uh, yeah, so, you can't get away from me now. Now, I'm, no, now I actually no. am everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Now, doing that show during the day is great. But, yeah, we've done done a couple of these games with Heater now already throughout the preseason and that rookie tournament. So, I mean, you, Biz, you know how easy it is to work with Heater. You, you couldn't ask for a better uh, broadcast partner. Just puts it on a tee for you. He's got, he's got a binder full of notes, has every stat available. Yeah, it's 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 uh he he's uh he's groomed a lot of guys. I mean, Donor, you were you you played with um uh, he went over to hockey night in Canada, Louis DeBrusque. Yeah, I mean, he 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 trained him, he helped Nasher, obviously Lindsay now, he helped me out. I mean, he's just got uh I mean what 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 would be the appropriate name for him? Somebody who grooms somebody the, the way he does. He's, he's got like his own coaching tree. Hey, he's got a coaching tree. He's got he's like the the color commentator whisper yes <laughs> the ho- yeah the, the horse whisperer yeah that's what donor is <laughs> the best uh, yeah. the best heater story with all those notes we were at a draft party once and we're at some bar and, and even at the draft party heater had just a stack of notes right like half hour in howler comes in and he's the howler's just waving to everybody he's and heater's like hey howler what's up and howler just smacks all his notes everywhere oh dancing off <laughs> I don't think he does the same <laughs> sense, man. That was like eight years ago. You see no Howler, and, Howler and Heater in the parking lot going toe-to-toe. <laughs> Heater's giving him the big, the people's elbow. Oh, dropping yeah. it on him. <laughs> so, Donor, let's, um, let's, let's take a look here. Not, we don't have to go like in depth on the team, but, I mean, what is this like to be involved now on this level as you're kind of building a team, you know, not from scratch, but, but pretty clearly rebuilding with a, with a big-picture plan of, not just being like a team that's around middle of the pack, but trying to go for it in, in a couple of years. Yeah, it's obviously it's hard because um, as a competitive person, you never, that's always difficult. And, and we're trying to find a way to win and improve at the same time and get better. Um, it's hard, man. You look at, you look at the way that the teams that have had success in our league and there's kind of been this regroup or retool or rebuild or whatever you want to call it for the most part by all of them in order to have the success. And, and um, we're trying to figure out and kind of do that on the fly and trying to, uh, someone said, you're trying to fix the airplane while you're flying at 30,000 feet. It's a little difficult, but you kind of try to do it and um, we're working on it. Well, donor, like we've talked before and, and you've alluded to it and, and backed it up with like the, the stats of it. Like you need you need these generational type players to at least start the foundation to building up to a winning organization. And I mean, like you talked about, like the Leafs getting Austin Matthews, of course, Edmonton getting what seven first overall picks in a row because they rigged the lottery draft, uh, <laughs> and they finally ended up with McJesus. Uh, but you you need these type of pieces, and it's just unfortunate because the Coyotes every time they've had a really bad season. They've ended up drafting third overall and, you know, and, and not to take anything away from Dylan Strom or, or Kyle Turris, but these guys aren't generational players that you can build the foundation of a winning team around. And it's just like, you know, uh, 
as much as it's going to suck and as painful as it's going to be this year is, you know, you, you, the ultimate goal is you, you hope you get the next Crosby. You hope you get the next uh, Evgeny Malkin or the next uh, Ovechkin. And, uh, you know, these names that I'm naming are, are guys who eventually went on to win Stanley Cups with the, the organizations that they were drafted by. Exactly. And you look at it, it's not even as much you have to get the first overall pick, but you have to get the best player in the draft, like the best player in that year. You look at the, that's what's turned. You look at Dallas and when they have their run, Heiskanen is arguably yeah. the best player in that draft, him or McCarr. And all of a sudden, those are the two teams that you're looking at as being teams that you're thinking are contenders because you just have to find the best player in the draft. Usually, and lots of times, it is the, the number one overall pick or it's one of the top four or five picks in the draft. You can get lucky with Jonathan Tazier. He was a, you know, he was a second or third overall pick. And, third overall. He was able to, and that's where those guys can make a huge difference for your organization, but it has to be one of those premier players and um, for the most part. And then you have to have depth around them. You can't just do it all with one guy because – as you know, as what's Edmonton had a little bit of a run there where they had the first overall picks, but they're kind of on an island a little bit. Right. It's a little bit difficult. So you still have to do it right. And there's a lot to go into it, but that has to kind of be the foundation, I believe. Yeah. Donor, what about, you know, along those lines, you can't control if you get the first pick, but next year, the Coyotes have eight picks in the first two rounds. That doesn't mean you have to keep them all, but I was talking to Bill Armstrong about this the other day. If they make, if you guys make all eight of those picks, I think that's a record. And that's supposed to be a loaded draft next year too. So that sort of speaks to you playing the odds and just, if you have eight picks in the first two rounds, you have a much better chance of getting the best player in there. You do. And, 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 you know, getting two or three of the, of the top players in a draft is what really turns an organization around. When, when you go back looking at Stanley cup champions, you'll see for the most part a year where they hit like three draft picks. They have a guy that's playing on their first line, a guy that's their number one defenseman and maybe uh, a backup goalie or one of their starting goalies or something in that order. It might be second line, number three defenseman and starting goalie. That's obviously you look at Tampa and what they did a couple times where they hit Vasilevsky. They, they hit on um, Kalorn, I think was in that one of those years as well as, Kucherov and all he they start to pair those guys together and that's when you really start to have some success um so you get eight shots at it it gives you a better chance in having three that being said the reason no one has done eight is there's probably a reason for that so you got to be aware of that as well because at some point it becomes you, you almost devalue your picks you have to be aware of not devaluing them because it, it happens where a team will ask you for a trade and they'll be like, give us a second round pick. And you're like, no, we're not giving you a second round. And they're like, come on, you got five of them. Give us a second round pick. And you almost human instinct and in, in nature is to be like, okay, yeah, we've got four other ones. We'll give you one. And you start to devalue that pick on your own and others do as well. So you have to be careful of that too. Big time. And, and like, even going back to like, uh, well, kind of changing the subject a little bit, but uh, Bill Armstrong, like, I guess maybe some people might have been a little frustrated that we didn't move assets at the deadline to acquire anything. Although it was hard because some of these defensemen we had, like I think Goose had a no move clause or or wasn't willing to move. Um, Jarmelson did. Jarmelson. Jar Jarmelson did, and, and and so it put him in a bit of a tough spot. But 
I mean, he did a great job of, of acquiring all these assets in the offseason by making the moves and acquiring some of these salaries with guys on long-term IR or whatever it may be. And one of the major components as to why we brought him in as a general manager was his a, a, a ability to assess talent and draft. Like that was, I think, his main priority in St. Louis. So as much as it sucks right now, it's kind of we've set ourselves up nice, not only having those picks, but having a guy who understands that side of it and which is a major, major component in today's game, given the salary cap. And, you know, you have to you have to draft and, and develop from within or you're not going to be a successful organization. It's impossible. Nobody's given up these nobody's given up these generational players. No. And 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 there's been a thought that you can maybe do it through free agency and you can't like no. you, you can you can add to you can add to your core group for sure and make a huge difference. You look at what St. Louis added to their core group with some free agencies. If you're maybe somebody like New York, the Rangers, they've added to their core group, but they also have really done a good job of draft yeah. drafting. I think Jeff Gordon did an incredible job of setting them up. And then now Chris Drury is, you know, taking over. A, a prime example of what donors talking about is like, for instance, like this off season, there was a lot of pressure on Edmonton to surround these guys with pieces. Well, you can't go do it at a discount. You have to pay a, a, a Zach Hyman, who listen? I think he's an incredible player. He's a he's a he's a honey badger in the sense of his work ethic. But look at the salary he's making. So you got to hope you acquire him in free agency, and he plays up to what you paid him and valued him at. You're you're not yes. you're not you're not getting value there. You're just hoping at that point he pay he plays to what you paid him. So whereas donors talking about the Rangers, well, because they drafted and developed properly, they got Adam Fox right now this year. He won the Norris last year. This year he's making nine fifty. As well as you know, you hope Lafreniere um, plays the way he's able to on his entry level contracts. To where yeah, you can go pay some guys to fill in those pieces, but ultimately you need guys on those contracts contributing just as much as. Um, as the guys you pay in free agency, there has to be a balance. I mean, you look at look at Chicago. When did they start going downhill? When they started finally having to pay Jonathan Taves and and, and Kane ten million a year, but when they okay. were on their on their their quote unquote bridge deals, and even when they won their first one, where I think they were on the third years of their entry level, well, that's why they won the cup because you got you have guys making impacts who aren't making much money. So it's a very difficult balance in today's NHL to to find that winning formula. Without a doubt, and and you look at a team like Tampa, like well, the way that they did it, they approached it by putting everyone on long term IR. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just they cheating. Had their, they had their they had their guys locked up, and then they went and traded for Coleman and Goudreau, and and they brought in Ernie, and they had uh, the Gord kid, and all of a sudden those guys become your third line that really kind of forced. They were capable of bringing those guys in. They paid a little bit higher draft capital in first-round picks for both of them, but that's because they already had their they had their core in place. So now you're able to take your draft capital and turn it into a legit player that's going to impact your team and pay a little bit more than someone else is able to pay because you know what you have in the in your core guys, and that that made it simple. You, oh, you yeah. look at McDonough, like the bringing in McDonough is a oh. huge. A huge, oh, that guy was Whoops. so good for Whoopsie them. Whoopsie daisy <laughs> in New York. Yeah, and that's one of those things that you couldn't do that if you didn't have draft capital. And they'd done a good job of getting their draft capital in place. So that's yeah, that's it's so important. Well, because like you were just kind of saying there, Don, like having all those picks, even if it's not, if you don't make all those picks, you have value. You can trade them. I mean, it's like you said, draft capital. And 
you probably do have to draft your core if you want to have a truly elite core. But once you have that core, it's probably easier to get a guy like business saying like Zach Hyman. I'm sure it's not tough to convince a guy to come play with Connor McDavid, right? Like, Hey, <laughs> numbers are going to double this year. If you just play with him. Um, I want to ask you about one guy that Bill Armstrong was able to trade up and get already Dylan Gunther. And we got a little bit of a look at him in that rookie tournament, a little bit in preseason too. And, and obviously, you know, draft year, it's very early in his career. He's even young for his draft year. So we weren't going to see him in the NHL this year, but out of, out of what limited action we got to see from him, what are your, your hopes or what do you like that you've seen from Dylan Gunther? Well, I, I think he's just, he's an elite player that has elite offensive talent. Like his shoot, his shot is telling biz about it. I was like, his shot is special right now. He's an 18 year old kid. If you put him out on the ice with the NHL caliber shooters, he's elite. And that's something that you don't see very often. And that's something that I, I think is so important to have on your team is the elite scores. You don't have the choice to, to not have those guys. And I think that's something as a group, it's hard to find a guy that's capable of that. There's a, he has a chance to be the, and it's not for sure, but he has, he's a guy that you look at from the outside. He might be the best pure goal scorer in that draft. Well, now you're starting to add pieces that are elite because if you compare them to those contemporaries, they're in the top, you know, echelon of that. I didn't really get a chance to watch him much when he he, he was in training camp here, but I kind of go based off of what, what Donor was telling me. And when they ended up trading up and um, and getting that pick when they sent Oliver and, and Garland, they were over the moon that he was even still available. Cause I think that even like Bob McKenzie and the, and the, all the, the experts had him pegged around fourth or fifth. Yeah. I saw him as high as two in a couple. I saw right. three sometimes. Yeah. They said, they said from two to five, it was basically a toss up. And, you know, the fact that we were able to get him so late and, and donor, you kind of mentioned, it, it's kind of like adding, like if you, if you can become an elite goal scorer in the NHL, it's like adding like a Tarasenko where you're like, okay, perfect. We're good for 35 bingos a season. Yep. And, you know, it's, yep. and even, even if he does lack a, 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 the defensive play, it's like, well, I mean, Ovi wasn't the best defensive player either. Yeah. 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 For sure. But, for sure. Just challenge Wayne Gretzky's all-time goals record and then you're fine. You can, there you go. Yeah. You can get away with a lot if you can do that. Yeah. Uh, Donor, I want to ask you too about this guy and Biz too, certainly you jump in on this, but um, Lawson Krause had an interesting comment the other day where he said, you know, you got a new coaching staff. You got a lot of new players on this team whether they are just new to the NHL or new to the Coyotes. So you have all these guys that are kind of learning how to play together. And, and Lawson Krause is like, in a way, for, for everybody, including guys that have been here, it is kind of a, a shot at a fresh start. You know, you get to impress a new coach. It's sort of a, a, a clean sheet. And, uh, and it feels like early on this season and throughout camp, Lawson Krause, who said that, is also really embracing that with a chance to, you know, not like he needed to, to completely start over his career, but a chance to kind of revive it here early on. I'm the biggest Lawson Krause fan. I think he's going to be such a valuable player for us. And, I, and Biz and I have talked about this. He's a guy that he skates really well. He's tough. He can finish. He can play hard. He's a guy that goes to the net. I, I think that this year he's going to feed off the confidence that uh, gets put on him by the coaching staff, and he's going to have a great year. I, I'm looking forward to see what he does this year. Yeah, definitely one of the pieces I see sticking around uh, moving forward. And uh, uh, unless, of course, uh, you know, a, a team that's you know trying to make a run sees him as like a a very strong piece for, for as a depth player. And you know, do I think Lawson Krause is ever going to be a top six guy sustainably? I don't know, but I know that as far as when you got him pegged in as like maybe a third line winger, that 
you look at any team in the league and I think that he could fit in on the third third line wing position. So I, I, I love him. I, I mean, especially for today's game where you don't got to be a knuckle dragger and, and fight 20 times a year. He's the type of guy, he's got some size, he's willing to stick up for his teammates, but as far as his game's concerned, it's, it, it speaks for itself and he doesn't really need to be doing that every night. So yeah, for, for a guy his size to skate as fast as he does is very, very rare. Yeah, I agree. One, I'm I'm excited. I think he's going to be at the end of this year. He might be one of our most valuable players. Yeah, you definitely see that he can do so many different things. And you're right, that size and be able to skate that quickly. That that is a rare combination, and not afraid to stick up for his teammates by any means. All right, boys, this is fun. We're going to do it every couple of weeks. So let's uh, let's cut this one here, and then uh, I'm sure I'll see you guys at the arena, and we'll do this again once we get a little deeper into the season. 